Welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And this week, I am beyond excited to have this week's guest. She is an insanely talented musician and an amazing overall artist with incredible style. It is the one woman band, Little Erin. Thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited. I've been waiting forever to do this. <laughs> and, and I've been stalking your page and your work for a while where I'm like, okay, like, how am I going to angle this? Like, how am I going to creep into her DMs? And I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> oh, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> and you're someone that I truly admire. You know, you have this insane talent and work ethic. And, you know, as mentioned before we started recording, it's like you do everything yourself. But before we get into the artist that you are now, how exactly did you find rock and roll? Um, I found rock and roll through my parents. Uh, I grew up on rock and roll. That's really all my parents listened to. Uh, but you had my my mom who listened to like Journey and uh, Credence, you know, and then you had my dad who listened to Pink Floyd and Queen and like Uriah Heep, you know, kind of stuff. So um, very influenced by all the harmonies, um, you know, synthesizer, rock and roll, guitar. Um, and then I had my grandparents who 
um, they grew up listening to, you know, old rock and roll and old country. And so every time I'd be around them, it was like um, Hank Williams or Slim Whitman. Um, I grew up out in the desert by Bakersfield. And so back in back in the day, you know, my grandparents would go see Merle Haggard and stuff playing Bakersfield. So I had those kind of roots in there, too. So that's kind of how I, I became um whatever I am now. <laughs> That's beautiful. And it seems like a beautiful mix at that. And, you know, like how you play guitar, you play, I mean, how many instruments do you pick up? Um, you know, I started playing guitar. Um, I started kind of plucking around with it when I was a kid, probably around uh, like nine or 10, not really playing chords or anything, but just kind of messing with it. Um, and then I, I actually got into, um, well, I don't know, where should I begin? <laughs> Let's see. I, I started playing guitar when I was about seven or eight, just like messing around with like a slide. I remember it when I was a kid. Um, yeah, just kind of messing around with it. And, you know, just being on the desert, I really was a loner. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was always super anxious, super introverted, shy, didn't have a lot to say on the outside, but I had a lot to say on the inside kind of a thing. And um, yeah, my dad had this guitar, he never played. And it just kind of laid around and I would just kind of pluck around with it. Uh, he had a slide, I would kind of mess around with that. And I always loved like the old country, like steel guitar like slide guitars That's and I always was I always I still would love to be able to play one of those um and so by the time I hit I was also very influenced by the LA oldie station where it was just like Roy Orbison and like the Supremes and all that stuff coming over my mom would have that on constantly cleaning the house and stuff and so I loved all of that stuff and um I was kind of in a bubble of that and then around, I don't know, like seventh grade, sixth grade, it was when Green Day became like the huge thing going on, right? And mm -hmm. where I grew up, it was like two hours from anything. So I was out in the middle of this little small desert town that took like 10 minutes to drive across. And it was like, when I heard Green Day on the radio, it was something different. And I was like, okay, I like, you know, I've been listening to like Ario Speedwagon with my mom, but like, this is something different. And I kind of, because I was so cut off from the world out there, um, it spiraled me into like Lookout Records and all that kind of stuff. But I actually learned my first chord, as weird and crazy as this sounds, from um, Billy Joe from Green Day. I had a picture of him on my wall when I was a kid and he was playing a G chord. And I just remember like mimicking it. And that was kind of the start of everything. Um, and then by the time I got into high school, I was listening to like, you know, like Dead Kennedys and Crass and all the, <laughs> all the, awesome. all the super punk stuff. And I was playing bass in this band, um, just like a little garage punky band. So mm. yeah, um, started off guitar and bass, messed around with piano a little bit. Um, at one point I had a violin and a banjo that I thought I was gonna learn how to play, but I never did. <laughs> I don't know, I think you have it in you to like continue picking up like more and more instruments. So like the steel lap guitar, I can see that happening for you. Like, especially with your attitude of like, well, it's laying around, like I'm just gonna pick it up. Like it's something that I really do admire because I mean, I've had a guitar for a very long time and all I can do is like play very, very simple like country songs. <laughs> and I have not uh, gone, graduated from that and I've had it for years. So no, with you, it's like, you see me like you have that work ethic and I'm so glad that you bring up your first band like you know you're playing bass or like this like little garage band how did that develop how did that come about honestly I um when I was let's see sophomore in high school that's when I was playing guitar with a couple of my friends you know just playing in the garage probably covering I don't know no effects or something you know and um this guy was in, he, since my town was so small, we had maybe about 10 pe people that were into punk music. And this guy, his band was like the punk band in high school, you know? And yeah. 
they were gonna play the school dance, oddly enough. Um, and he approached me literally like a week and a half before this happened. And he goes, hey, our bass player just quit. Can you do this show with us? And I was like, I guess so. And so he just wrote the chords, made like a tape demo, just like a cheap, easy <laughs> him and a guitar. And I learned those songs and I was so nervous because I'm so shy and like, I just, I don't know, performing to me is kind of like, eek, you know? Um, but I got up there and I somehow pulled it off without messing up one time. Nice. And after I did that, I was just like, I can do anything. You know, I was kind of on this high for a little while with that. Um, not cocky, but just like that gave me some confidence, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I lost that after after high school. And it was a different world back then with music too, you know? Like, especially being like a girl in the music scene, it's just kind of a weird, it was a weird vibe, or it could be, so. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up. And it's a question that I normally try to stray away from with um, women guests and their art. Because I, I always think it's kind of shitty, like how men don't get asked, like, oh, what's it like to be a man in this industry? So it's like I try to stray away from that. But seeing that you brought it up, if you could elaborate a little bit more on that, like what exactly was your experience trying to get into, you know, this musical world, especially like with punk? Right. Well, yeah. Look, well, let's see. The demo that I recorded with that punk band in high school, I was probably at that at the time we did the demo I was probably 17 at most, 16 and a half. Right. Like I was still pretty young. And we went to this uh, older gentleman's house who had like a recording studio in the back of his house. And he was the guy recording us. And just all day long, just the creepy stuff the guy said to me in front of these guys that were like supposed to be my friends, you know, and they didn't even bat an eye. And it was just very uncomfortable. And it was, I just remembered, I was like, I just want to record this and like get out of here because this is just not, you know, because it, it kind of, um, I, I would have totally tried to do music for a career, but especially at that time, it's just kind of like, what are you going to do? You know, like it was just kind of discouraging. So oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. You know, I did hair. I got, I got into doing hair instead. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun too. You no, know? but it still sucks ass. And you know, I'm like, there's know. creeps out there at that. Oh, so. totally. Oh, totally. And that was just one instance. And when I was, you know, that was like right out the gate, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I know for me, uh, like my instances have been in the pit where my girlfriends will like experience things like being grabbed and like it sucks like it's supposed to be the safe space where it's like we can express ourselves you know because of either the anger that we have either due to like you know politics or you know personal life or whatever it's like we're all supposed to come together and then just for people to kind of violate that safe space sucks ass yeah and so whoever's listening, you know, if you are a part of that scene, like do your part and like speak up and I don't know, call out assholes. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, do the right thing, you know. I know, I don't know if you want me to repeat what the guy said, but it was pretty like, pretty gnarly. I mean, there's no other way to take it. You know what I mean? He literally had a cub, like a pickup line and he said, oh, uh, are you sick? And I said, no. He's like, do you, are you sure you don't have a chest cold? And I said, no. And I was like, so confused. He's like, oh, cause your chest looks really swollen. Just stupid, weird, creepy. And he was like 60 years old, you know, just, it was just like, and my, and the guys are just like, whoa, you're focusing. You know, I'm just like, are you hearing this guy? <laughs> Terrible. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Like, cause it's hey. true. Like it's one of those, like, because uh, I am a very anxious and like shy person for the most part. Like I just like to kind of like be a wallflower. So sure. I know like when I've been kind of like told very uncomfortable, like catcalling and stupid bullshit like that, like mm -hmm. I freeze up and mm -hmm. it takes a while for it to register where I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I understand why you would just like want to record and go and like not, 
don't know, kind of like have a confrontation at that point because it is. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of like, what the hell? Well, and the, the whole thing too was like, I was so excited because I was like, I'm recording a demo, you know? Like, I was like, yay, our band is going to make a demo finally. It's like, quote, professional and, you know, all this and that. And it was just like such a, it was just like the balloon deflating. Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, this is how it is. <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is kind of, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know that's not every instance. I know that there's some cool... Trust me, I have a lot of cool friends out there that are, you know, in the business and stuff that are not creeps, but <laughs> it definitely uh, slipped through the cracks quite often. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two wheels are turning One girl a yearning Big motor burning the road I'll ride the highway I'm going my way I leave a story untold Pretty girls behind me But pretty girls are everywhere Big motor
the weather, my heart is light as a feather, singing my cat call. about your latest song that's out at the moment but before i get into that i want to know like what exactly is your writing process and you know like what other projects have you had since that punk band um my writing process honestly um i just it just kind of comes out you know like if i'm feeling something i just i just start writing and it just comes out randomly um i've tried to sit there and like think of ideas and write them and i can do it but i don't really um put those out you know i just make them maybe i'll make them for sound design or something but the stuff that actually means something um those are just like it's almost like a diary entry or it's almost like a I don't know, like I got something to say and I want to say it in a way that's almost like dark comedy. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing. It's like, I feel like um, everything's so serious all the time and I feel like we need like silly, fun stuff again. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of trying to add that element, but then have the whole like real lyric, like, hey, this is happening and this, you should check this out with yourself kind of a thing um yeah or i also have songs where um my anxiety you know really has has shaped my life a lot in you know the past like 10 years and so um that was kind of why uh I went back to school to do sound design i was like really inspired because i went through like a really tough time and i just wanted to be like you know, I want people to know that they're not alone in this. And like, this is the only way I know to get that message across is like through music, because that's the only way I feel comfortable to like say it. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, like, I would never walk up to somebody and just be like, why aren't you doing anything about, you know, fixing your life? What are you doing? You know, but in a song I can, I can say whatever I want, you know, so. No, definitely. One of those I, weird... <laughs> no, that makes sense. It's just your chosen medium at that point. Right. But no, that seems like a really fantastic way of expressing yourself. And so have you always had lyric writing in you or like how did that, it was just something that you just always naturally did? Yeah, I always loved I always loved lyrics. I always loved, um, I think that's why I liked country so much growing up, like old country that told stories, you know, like um, I just, I always loved lyrics that were kind of smart, you know, like anybody could be like, oh baby, I love you or whatever. And that's fine. But like, I really always was, I was, I'm just drawn to people that kind of like make you think about things, you know, a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I remember the band I was in, in high school, you know, which was fine. They were fine, but um, their songs were kind of like poppy love punk songs or whatever. And the song I wrote (laughs) was kind of this like political, like war song kind of a thing where it was like an anti-war song, you know, and it was totally different tone than the other, you know, than the other songs. And when we would play shows, people would come up to me and be like, did you write that? The song was called Hooray, Hooray. They go, did you write Hooray, Hooray? I'm like, yeah, I wrote that. And they're like, oh man, that was like the best song of the set. You know, and I'm like, really? Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's like some weird, but I think it's because the lyrics were basically kind of like this smart ass, you know, high school lyric way of being like this person's like, you know, 
going off to war and it's just this I, I was listening to a lot of you know dead kennedys at the time and so the lyrics are very like jello biafra like let's put on our gear and you know just like yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's on the demo that's out there that that guy recorded so if anybody has it <laughs> Oh no, definitely. Now we have to dig through the internet. Like I would love oh, to hear it. God. Yeah, I don't think that's surfacing ever again, thankfully. So. <laughs> so something that I do want to know is that you are you have these like very deep punk roots. And I think with punk and DIY, like it just it goes hand in hand. And I think it's just such a huge part of you where you're very based on what I observe, like please correct me if I'm wrong that you will teach yourself, you will do it yourself, and you'll like put out this end product. Like you've said before, like you're a one woman band. Mm -hmm. So like, is it fair to kind of like say that that really comes from your punk roots or where would, where would your work ethic come from? Yeah, a lot of it comes from that. A lot of it also comes from just my mom was a single mom when I was growing up. And so um, I, you know, I was helping with my brother a lot. He was younger than me. So I took on a lot of like, you know, cleaning, making sure everything was good. And, and I liked it because I honestly, I have OCD. So I like to clean and like make sure everything was good for everybody. So I've always kind of made, I made sure everything's like squared away. And so um, by the time I was like 15, I was already working. I was working in a dental office. Um, doing sterilization and then um, I, my first job was actually at a Hollywood video <laughs> which I loved um, but yeah I just it's kind of gross to say it but I've always worked um, not recently doing hair but I've always worked at like these like corporate places because that's the only places there were to work in my town so from a young age it was like I was drilled like you know if you're standing around, you can clean or like, you know, there's always something to be done. And I, I still have that drilled into my brain, but I'm trying to like morph it and use it for good things, you know, to create good things, to produce happier things or make people realize like they're not alone or make people laugh because they know what it's like for somebody to take them on a guilt trip and they feel stuck in a car with them and they don't know what to do you know just yeah I don't know it's one of those one of those little things <laughs> and I'm so glad that you actually bring up the song guilt trip uh because I'm a huge fan of it it's an amazing catchy song and I will be adding the link to it in the description of this episode so whoever's listening go ahead and give it a listen you're not going to regret it it's gonna it's gonna keep playing in your head i can guarantee you that <laughs> uh, and then along with your instagram page at that so people can see what else you put out because you know you also almost daily i want to say like from what i see because instagram i mean the algorithm's kind of weird like it doesn't give me things in order anymore but mm -hmm. when you do pop up you're always playing something on there yeah so I try. <laughs> yeah. I mean my hat off to you because it's not easy like I think people just like really take it for granted where people see their work and just like scroll past without yeah. realizing how much work goes on and like behind the scenes yeah how many hours it takes to make like a 20 second clip you know it's just it's kind of a weird yeah that's that's the thing too that's kind of why I do it all myself because um it's like I feel like people that I get in contact with that want to help do stuff or, or, you know, want to make things or collaborate, not all of them, but a lot of them, you know, they figure out, oh my God, like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. It's like, I get up at like 5.30 every morning and get started and, you know, um, it, it is a lot of work, but to be able to do everything yourself and to figure out your own way to do something. Um, I think that's why I love Roy Orbison so much because he just, I feel like he just did his own thing. Like, um, like one of the songs I chose was uh, Ride Away by Roy Orbison. And I love that song because the structure of it just, it's all over the place. And it's still such an awesome song. It's not like, you know, chorus verse chorus whatever it's it's just all over and i love when something can take you on a journey like that you know and i feel like if everything is so 
in a box, people like Roy or people that come up with their own uh, ways of, of learning how to sing or play guitar or whatever, we're going to miss different sounds and different techniques, you know, and I just feel like we've lost a lot of that along the way. And I think we need kind of a almost like a renaissance to bring some of that back, you know, which I've been seeing, which is awesome. But um, yeah, really? I'm on the crusade to help with that <laughs> anyway. I can. Um, again, so whoever's listening, I'll be tagging your Instagram to the description of this episode. So you guys can go ahead, go ahead and like hear exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, it's addictingly good. <laughs> So I do want to say, uh, you also have this very unique voice that you sing in. How did that come about? Um, That came about um, when I was in that punk band. I would sing like backup vocal, like harmonies. And um, I never really thought I was a good singer. And so I just, I, you know, I like being in the background. I didn't really want to be up front. Plus I was shy and nervous, you know? So I like just playing bass or guitar back in the back and just doing a little ooh every once in a while. Um, and then I started messing around and I was in this little like uh, fun band with uh, a couple of my friends and we played kind of like Irishy folky music for a little while and that's when I started kind of messing with my voice more like I always loved to sing but I knew I would I you know and even still I'm not very confident with my voice I feel like I still have a lot to work on with it um but it took a long time I've been working on trying to train my voice for a long time and what I what I do honestly is um I would put on music like Roy Orbison or um, Ronnie James Dio is another one. I know he's, <laughs> his voice is like so epic though. Um, James Brown and the Famous Flames, I put them on, you know, and I would, I would try to, Connie Francis, I would try to match. I would just try to figure out how, what they're doing with their mouth. How are they breathing? When are they breathing? And just try to match what I could. And I didn't know for the longest time what I was doing. And then uh, one day I figured out how to like switch into, you know, like the, I don't even know, the lower voice into the higher voice. And after that, it was just, I've just been trying to watch YouTube <laughs> videos and just figure it out on my own, you know? Because um, like I said, I I went to school to do sound design. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really necessarily trying to um, be center stage, you know? I kind of, I wanted to make uh, music for movies or or TV or, or, you know, if somebody wants a jingle or anything like that. Um, and then I kind of, after I graduated, um, I ended up getting kind of in a weird situation down in LA where um, this internship company burned me. <laughs> I know it was like this, it was this weird thing where they contacted me to come down there for an internship. And when I got there, after I like signed papers and everything, they gave my internship away because they started the project early. So, um, that kind of sparked my, you know, I was staying on on this girl's couch in Hollywood. I didn't know what what to do. You know, I was like trying to work all these odd jobs. And I, I was like, I got to put out music. So I started putting out, there's a couple of old songs on my old Spotify, um, Howling at the Moon and uh, Shattered Heart. I put those out. But um, Howling at the Moon was actually, I recorded and did everything from that couch <laughs> and released it while I was down there because I was literally walking around with my resume to studios like a fool, like trying to knock on doors to some of these places just to, just to try to get in, you know, just to try to do something. And um, so when it didn't work out, yeah, I was like, well, I'm just going to start putting stuff out and seeing what happens. And um, yeah, I didn't, I did not expect the response that I've gotten from, from people that, you know, have listened to my stuff and say, oh, wow, you're unique. You have something unique, you know? And it's because 
I've just made myself learn how to do this. Like I went to school that taught me how to edit and it taught me some music theory because I do everything by ear, um, which makes it hard, honestly, <laughs> with music theory. But um, yeah, you know, it's like I, I was not expecting to be, you know, doing all this stuff, but I love it. And I love that it's like pushing me to um, do something different and push myself as a person to, to just try to perform and, you know, get out there and, and try to encourage other people to, to get over their shyness, get over, you know, if you feel like you have something um, to put out there for somebody that can help them, you know, get through the day a little bit better or make them laugh or smile. Why not? You know, that's so sweet. Well, you I want to say, uh, one, you do have something unique and there's something there. It's like, I mean, I can honestly say like when I, when I've heard your music, it's like, I've never heard anything like this and it's just, it's so catchy. And it's just, you know, as I mentioned before, it's like, it's addictingly good. Thank you. And I do think it's interesting that you mentioned it's like, you know, knocking on these doors and like trying to find like a gig, trying to find something. But it did make me think of um, like how one door closes, another opens. So, totally. I mean, like, I, I'm sorry that you went through that, but then at the same time, it's like, but I'm really grateful for the music now. Right, <laughs> totally. <You know? laughs> yeah, and you know what, like experiences like that have like totally inspired a lot of my music, you know, just, just writing about real like that like literally my lyrics are like my diary like I went through all this stuff it's not like you know I have writers somewhere you know like I this is like <laughs> this is like real stuff you know so um and that and the meaning for that is just to put it out there like I'm a real person if I can do this you can do it you can create whatever the hell you want to create and you can keep going you know like it's been that was in 2019, so, and I'm still trying to get a job doing sound design, but I'm, I worked on my resume all day yesterday, so it's like, it's a constant thing. You gotta, you just have to keep trying and keep going and, yeah, you know, yeah. No, most Especially definitely. if you have um, something that you believe in. You know, that's that's all that it that's all that matters. And to be honest with you, um, I I met a lot of really good friends in the past year, and I've been doing this little show with them, and it's been really fun. And it's really crazy because I was talking um, earlier about how I'm seriously doing exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and we're doing like a little variety show where we're like writing music and like little skits and stuff like that. And even though like monetarily I'm not getting paid, it's like, it's like therapy to me. And it's so fun to be able to like create this stuff and um, have people come and watch every week with us and like laugh and be like entertained and like forget about all the other baloney that's going on for a little while. So yeah, it's been, even though the whole sound design thing isn't working out in a monetary <laughs> way, you know, whatever. I'm still go. I'm still chugging along, you know. And and uh, if I can make people have fun and and feel something, then that's worth more to me than anything, you know. So that's amazing. I, I love that. Um... Now I wish I would see those variety shows. I wish I was in. <laughs> so it seems like at the core of who you are, besides like having these like really massive like punk roots, you also are like a huge believer in like being authentic. What exactly inspired your style? Um, you know, a lot of it comes from. Um... You know, a lot of it is like my punk roots. Growing up in that little town, all I really had was a Walmart and a Kmart to shop at. And so, at you know, when I was in like middle school, me and my friends were already at this thrift store <laughs> trying to find, you know, something that wasn't Jinko's to wear, you know? Um, and a lot of my style also comes from um, just not having a lot. It, like you know, and trying to make what you have work in different ways and, and trying to figure out, you know, oh, maybe I can tie this bandana here so it looks like a different shirt or, you know, just trying to come up with different ways of, of 
um, trying to, you know, have the same kind of thing when you don't have the same kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also have to say that my mom and my grandma are the total women that are old school that like my grandma would go get her hair done every week at the beauty shop. Like she had my grandpa, um, when she was older, you know, he, he would keep her his uh, in his pocket, her lipstick. So when she needed lipstick, you know, he'd get it out and she'd put it on, you know, very classy all the time, you know. So I've, you know, been drilled forever just like you know when you get up in the morning if you if you get up and you can put on a little bit of makeup and feel good about yourself blah 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 so that's always been in the back of my mind and then of course the older I get you know I'm just like I don't want to do this every day like what are you talking about <laughs> you know like I, I get it like it can make you feel better about yourself getting up and getting ready and everything but I don't think that you necessarily have to um, but that's kind of um, in my brain, my grandma, you know, mm-hmm. get your hair, you know, make sure your hair's done and all this and that, the old school look, you know, yeah. the big hair, the the lipstick, the, my grandma, my grandma was very uh, old school country rock and roll um, vibes, her and my grandpa. So mm-hmm. it was uh, a lot of like westerny vibes. <laughs> I so love a little lipstick touch where it's like he carried it for her. I was like, oh yeah. my God, that is a love story that I want. I know. They were so sweet. They were so cute. They, um, yeah, they'd go out dancing. If you put on Run Around Sue, they'd get up and, and start doing like the jitterbug and stuff. Like they were, they were, uh, they were cool from way back, you know? <laughs> that sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I grew up in a similar fashion where a lot of it was DIY where it's like my sister and I like there was no skinny jeans back then it's like so we were like sewing our pants and you know if we had a hole in like the inner thighs of our pants we were like you know patching it up with actual like punk patches yeah (laughs) we're like we were buying like bleach kits to do our own hair and man it was so damaging but we thought we looked so cool Oh yeah, your hair's like Barbie hair, wet Barbie hair, and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I've been there. So I was like, yep, I was like, that's exactly, I get it. Uh huh.
question that I ask to every guest, or at least for this season of The Shack, is if you had to explain to a Martian who has zero concept of what life is like on planet Earth, how would you explain it, what exactly you do? Um, I would try to say that I, you know, I'm just trying to set a good example of how I think people should treat each other. And if we can all get together and not sound like a hippie, but if we can all, you know, seriously get together and have conversations and um, lift each other up instead of just doing, ignoring people and, and schlubbing along. I feel like my, what I do here is I try to, um, with my music, I try to make people feel good. And even with doing hair, I like making people feel good about themselves, you know? So I, I think my mission is just try to be the good person, set a good example and try to bring it to all of you if you want to listen to it and have a inspiring message, a little snarky message. Um, you know, I, I just think that that's kind of my, what I do. <laughs> I'm here to make people feel better, I think, you know, or at least try. No, do my best. Definitely. I like that. Um, so I don't have any, any other questions for you other than what advice do you wish you could give to 15 year old you? Um, I would just say keep going, you know what I mean? And like, I, and I know it's hard to not get discouraged because, you know, life is discouraging at times, but you can't give up. You got to keep going and, um, you know, it's okay to fail and feel like you failed because it's just a lesson in the end, you know? Um, and also I wish that, uh, <laughs> I wish that I would have drawn my eyebrows on better back then because a uh, 15 year old me almost said a unibrow. <laughs> I, I, that one. Oh my God. I had no business with a tweezer back then. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty solid advice. Um, but yeah, so I don't have any other questions for you unless you had any final words for listeners. Um, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on here. This is awesome, and I love what you're doing. And um, yeah, thank you from the bottom of my little heart. No, I mean, I the pleasure is all mine. I do want to say that the door is always open to the shack. So if you ever want to come back on, you're always more than welcome to. Thank you. I would love to anytime. Definitely. Anytime. I'm always around. <laughs> I'm just here in my studio doing it all, you know. Don't mind me. I'm going to come knocking soon then. Yeah, come on over. All right, so thanks for tuning in, guys. Till next yeah, week. Thank you.